Hey guys, I'm David. In this episode, Bryce Marshall and I talk about racism and anti-racism, advice giving, and being present. Here we go. This started because we wanted something that didn't exist for us. Scheduled space to speak freely about our struggles, secrets, and successes. We wanted to challenge ourselves, hold each other accountable, and help each other grow. We don't always know what we're talking about, but that's kind of the point. Instead, we believe honest, open, vulnerable conversations move us toward deep connection and meaning. We invite you to join us, listening in and creating your own conversations with your friends. Welcome to Cucumber Talks. All right, so I'll start off. This week went pretty well. I, I would say I, I was able to make my list of stuff to do to launch a book. And really, it just came down to what I felt like was manageable and how far I wanted to get into everything. Because as much as I like writing, the launch part is probably, I, I'm kind of a nerd when it comes to all that. So I could do like a six-month recruit team members and everything launch and I could do all that. So yeah, short and sweet. I made a list and I'm working on the list. How about you guys? Wait, I thought you were making the list this past week. I did make the list this past week. Okay, so, 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 so everything's good to go. Last, so last week, last Saturday, by last Saturday, I had made the list of stuff to do to get it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, like finish up the book, the manuscript, get it on Amazon. So I did that. This week, what I was setting out to do was to make the list of the steps that I was going to do in the launch sequence, whether that was actually the launch sequence or it was the things that I would have to do in preparation for doing <laughs> the launch sequence. So that's what, I, that's what I created, let's say, this week. So you should be launching this coming week? Pretty much. Nice. Not to give anything away, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just so we can keep you accountable, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's exciting. Put, put that link in the description. You got to let us know. Oh, hell yeah. I will. I will. Sweet. So next week we should be finally seeing this thing in real life. Yeah. Finger, fingers crossed. Yeah. And it's all going to be digital, right? There's no like... Correct. Like a special physical copy or two that you're going to... No, there was a there was a time there for maybe a couple of days where I was like wanting to get one printed just so mm-hmm. that I could hold it and talk about it yeah, or, you know, have one. And that might still happen at some point, but that was just a needless complication that added 15 steps to the process just to get this one book. And I was like, well, if I have one, then am I going to sell them too? Because I've already done all the work for it. And I was like, no, 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 no. Cut that off right there. So we're not doing a physical copy. I might print out a poster board or something. <laughs> Just a, 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 a printer paper, do a video or something, be like, here's my book. It's on an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. Yeah. But no, let, it's going to be let all me get a Let me get a signed author's copy. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I, can do I feel that. like, I don't know if this could be like a, something that could be revised after like five years, like an anniversary, like a yeah. or something. Yeah. Well, and what I found too was I would rather do an audio version than a physical version. So that's really what it came down to was if I'm going to spend time on something or money on something or what, you know, resources on getting something put together, I'd rather do the audio version <clears throat> just because I feel like there's more of an audience for an audio book. I like reading. I prefer to read books, but the odds that I'm going to 
listen to a novel from some guy that I've never heard of before mm-hmm. is very low unless somebody recommends it to me. And even then I'm probably not paying attention. That's not entirely true. If it's a friend of mine, I will 100% read your novel. I'll start to read your novel. If it's terrible, I might not make it through it, but I'll, I'll, I'll give it a shot. But That's good to know, just in case I have a novel in me. <laughs> I know. I, I, I hope it is. A, yeah, I, I've tried to, I probably haven't done a good job of it, but let my friends know. If, if you write a book that uh, I want to read it, yeah. Same thing applies for music. Mm. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, I'm going to write like a, 2000 page book <laughs> do it and hold you to it do it <laughs> do it you're gonna lose some friendships out here <laughs> war and peace the sequel there we go my week went pretty well i i stuck with that daily emotional check-in thing that i was talking about last week hmm. and it's helpful it's helpful just to wake up and ask yourself Oh, how am I doing right now? Or what mood am I in? And then if it's a negative mood, then maybe taking some steps to try to boost it up a little bit. Or at least being aware of that and then even making others aware of that so so that they can be prepared for what they're getting into. I'm thinking about actually keeping a spreadsheet (laughs) with... uh, (laughs) with my moods each day, kind of just to see on average what I'm at or where I'm at. I don't know. That was my first question. Where, just for the week, where, where did you end up typically? Mostly positive. This was a, this was a really good week or above average week for me. Nice. I think there was probably two days that I wrote down something negative as like the starting point, but I was actually able to upgrade throughout the day. Hmm. So, yeah. That's cool. I'd say uh, I did it six days and probably four. Yeah, four out of six were just started out positive and carried on as positive throughout the day. Um, mine. So I started uh, to fill out an application for a loan and I stopped because my credit score is just below the like supposed optimal level. <laughs> so that's pretty much what I'm going to work on. Yeah. This week we can, we can talk about that later, but so yeah, progress was made, but it, it's not what I wanted to do, but I think this would be better in the long run. You know, if you're going to get a 20 or 30 year um, fixed like loan, it's probably good to bump my score up just a touch mm. to reach that sweet, sweet percent. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a good week. Mm. Cool. Well, is that it for the updates? Are we, are we jumping right into all this? Let's jump yeah. into it. Let's do it. What's on your mind this week, Marshall? What do you, what do you want to talk about? So, last week was labels. So, of course, this week is racism and anti-racism. And it's probably something that I've had in the back of my mind for, what, six months or so, probably more than that, everything going on. And it really came to a point where I was like, okay, I, I don't, I, I, I feel uninformed. Let's put it that way. 
like I have a general idea of what I think about things, but then I, I feel very uninformed in the whole conversation about, you know, in the news and, uh, and, and so forth. So, and it actually stemmed a little bit, Bryce, from something you had said maybe a month or two ago about going after things that you disagree with or things that maybe are outside your comfort zone. Like how often, we, you know, we were talking about social media and how you can kind of end up in a bubble where you kind of just hear things that you agree with and then you sort of nod your head and agree with it and keep going through life instead of branching out into things that maybe are outside your comfort zone of, of talking about or thinking about. And this is certainly one of those things. I, um, so, so I started with trying to, you know, realizing, I guess the big realization for me was just starting with, I, I don't know, I don't know about this hmm. and, and recognizing that and, and realizing that I don't know. And I also don't, I don't know, but it also seems, and I could be wrong about that, this part too, but it seems like an important thing to have an understanding of. And if, and I texted around to you guys, but if, if, if I'm not having this conversation, you know, at least internally or with other people now, when am I going to have that conversation? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's so many indicators, there's so much going on in our, you know, downtown, there's people writing and there, there's in the news and there's, there's all this stuff going on. And if I'm going to continue to just sort of like I wouldn't call myself a racist and I wouldn't call myself an anti-racist. I wouldn't call myself an activist in this. I, I've tried to just kind of um, ignore it isn't the right word because I've kind of been curious, but just I don't know how to engage with it is the problem. So starting off with that. And then so then um, I guess I heard about some books and so forth that are really the first one that I started reading. Which, um, which book was it? Yeah, I started reading a book called How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi, I believe is his name. I've, I've heard of that one. It's super popular, New York Times bestseller for like 47 weeks or whatever. Fact check that, that's probably wrong, but okay. it's, it's really popular right now. And um, so I, I started with that and read, read through that. And then, of course, I also got in and started looking at different things as you know, sort of read that, but then started listening to podcasts and so forth. So all that to say, I don't know that we here, I don't know that I, I want to get into the sort of like the, the details of positions and thoughts and everything as much as just sort of the approach that it looked like, because I think it's helpful mm -hmm. to talk through how this is something that I, I don't understand. And so someone like, like, well, let, let me get a little bit more specific, I guess. So this book, Ibram X. Kendi, he, he says that, that there is no not a racist. You're either a racist or you're an anti-racist. Hmm. And there is no such thing as, as, a, as a bystander. And so like right off the bat, I'm like, I don't know if I agree with that. And you can argue with that or whatever. But him just making that claim and me sort of reacting to it makes me think like, I, I totally don't understand this whole conversation because what he says or what he would, how he would define the, the words, like what, what does it mean to be a racist? What does it mean to be an anti-racist? Um, the way that he would define those things are very different from the way that, that I would try to define them. And I don't even know that I can, but it seems like that's a good starting point. Like, okay, what does it mean? What is, what is race? Is that, is like, 
what, what are we even talking about? Because you hear people say, well, you're a racist or you're a whatever. And I've never personally, I've never had, you know, anybody seriously accuse me of, of, of being a racist. But you hear this in the news all the time where somebody says something and then, you know, you're a racist. It's like, well, what does that mean? What, what are they saying? What are we saying when we say that about somebody? And then what do we mean when we, when we say that they, they shouldn't be? Like, what are we, what's the goal? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it strikes me that, that people like, like Kendi are, are, they have a very different definition of, of that. Mm-hmm. And in fact, his definition is, is more like, well, well it's, he, it's actually the opposite of, of, and he would agree with this. It's the opposite of what the traditional definition has been. Whereas the traditional definition maybe is something like, you know, a, a racist is somebody who has negative opinions of people based upon their race, something like that. He and and so that that's based upon the person and intent and kind of the the perpetrator of racism. He takes it from the exact opposite direction. He says it's not really about intent at all. It's really about it's really about um, like like the consequences or the actions, the results of somebody's what somebody says or, or does or doesn't do. And he would say that inaction is also inaction that leads to a certain result is also categorized as racism. So just starting off with that, it it sort of um, I'm fascinated because it seems like a lot of issues where that we're in right now with with politically and just socially in general where we don't really, I, I won't say we, let me say me, like I, I don't really understand the definitions mm-hmm. or I'm working on a, a set of definitions that's, come, that's very different from the definitions that other people are working with. I was going to say yelling matches, not exactly yelling matches, but you know, we're just talking past each other because one person says, well, this person over here, what they did was racist. And somebody else says, well, no, it's not. Well, they have completely different definitions of what it means to be a racist. For Ibram X. Kendi, and this is something I really liked about him, he starts his book with very personal stories of him being a racist. Mm-hmm. And, and then he goes in and talks about what that means, like he, how, how he has subconsciously done that. And I think sort of having that conversation is helpful, at least internally. Like, I don't know. This is this is this conversation right now is the first time that I've talked to anybody about this really, but just having having a I, I guess awareness or understanding that that number one that I'm probably wrong about most of the things that I understand about this topic. Number two, mm-hmm. we're we're talking about different things. Everybody's coming to it from a different perspective and using the same words to mean completely different things. And then two or, or three. The people that, you know, I'm talking to or, or engaging with or, you know, the, the Kendis and, and so on, the, the other people in this conversation, they like taking their words charitably or, you know, assuming that they're trying to help the situation has, has been helpful for me in engaging in a topic that I don't really know. Like I said, I don't really know much about and I don't know how to, I don't know how to engage it because it seems so loaded. So, so just potentially very damaging and very, 
very difficult. <laughs> mm. How do you define racism now? I'm interested how both of you define it and how has it changed since getting into those those books? For me, I'm not sure. I still don't have... I went into it trying to just find that definition that mm-hmm. seemed like it would work for me. And what I came up with was different definitions that I don't know that I can agree with yet. But just understanding that there's definitions that are that are completely different from the way that I would start is helpful because then I'm like, okay, now we're now now I can somewhat start to articulate what somebody else is trying to say in my own head. And even if I don't necessarily agree with their definition, at least I can understand what they're trying to say with the word. Because for me, and again, I, I don't have a, I, or I didn't have a great definition, but it was, some, it was somewhere between, you know, um, not liking a, a, a person or a group of people or ne- having negative associations, let's say, with mm-hmm. a person or a group of people simply based upon, let's say, the color of their skin or the shape of their eyes or their cultural heritage, whether that's, you know, nationally or, or just kind of socially. Somewhere, somewhere between maybe that and, and just seeing a difference. What do you mean, seeing a difference? So like to me it it and this is where it's sort of you know I guess I'm not as sure or I don't know but to me it I I I kind of grew up with the assumption and I don't know if this was taught or just caught or you know <laughs> I don't know how I how I got to this point but I sort of went into it um with the assumption that I just don't really I I try not to see these things like I try to interact with people and and really try not to label groups based upon based upon what we would call race. So instead of saying like this group of whatever people, white people, black people, Asian people, southern people, instead of thinking about people that way at all, just like don't think about people that way. Mm. And I think that's where I'm starting to see like, well, I don't know that that's helpful or I don't know if that's healthy then that's where you slide into the the other it's it seems very difficult to see differences without also seeing um let's say pros and cons or benefits and whatever the opposite of benefits is so why is it unhealthy to start seeing people in groups instead of dealing with people one on one why is it unhealthy to see people in groups I don't, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think that's what I thought originally, but I'm not entirely sure that that's accurate anymore Mm. because it seems like we, we categorize all the time. And in fact, that's, I mean, I say this all the time too. It's, it's how we think like generalizing is how we think it's, you know, it's, it's the ability to walk up to a table and realize that it's a table, even though I've never seen that table before. It's like, I'm generalizing from other objects and other things out there in the world. And so, so people, when you, when you walk up to a person, you realize it's a person, not a, you know, a chair because we've seen other people. Well, now let's line up 10 people and you have 10 people, you know, three of them have dark hair, three of them are women, 
and three of them have, or, you know, whatever. And you start categorizing based upon these different physical characteristics, based upon whatever you want to categorize, where they live, how they talk, what language they speak, all these different things. All of those seem okay until you start saying, well, let's categorize them based upon maybe where they came from or where they cultural heritage or where they, you know, so it doesn't see, like it doesn't seem logically consistent to me anymore that you couldn't categorize that way. What's also interesting though, is that I run into this problem where it seems like there's a difference sometimes between what you should do or what you should understand versus the way things actually are. So like, if you look around, like people look different, but should you point that out? I don't know. Like that, that's where, that's where it starts getting weird. And that's where you start getting into the whole conversation of things. Cause I, I don't really know that I have a great way to sort it out yet. Mm. Mm. So your definition has changed or it hasn't changed? I think it has changed only in, in so far as I don't know what it is anymore. Like, I don't know that I ever knew what it was, but I, I had a vague idea, right? And now I have more like five or six ideas and none of them seem accurate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like literally none of them seem accurate. And that's why I'm like, at some point, do we just need a different word? Do we need different language in all this? And that's, and that's why I think for a long time I've, I have sort of retreated from the conversation because I don't know. And it just seems like at some point we're talking about stuff that maybe isn't even like doesn't not only doesn't have an answer but might not even be helpful to try to find an answer you know there's questions that don't have answers but it's okay to try to find them i guess and there's questions that don't have answers and maybe aren't even worth trying to find i don't know that i'm there yet with this conversation or this topic but uh, i certainly am less sure about any of it right now Mm -hmm. because because all the definitions that i've heard don't seem like they can hold up very well. Mm. Like, like, oh, yeah. Not everybody without, has without the, the Sorry, go ahead. Without the definition, it's kind of hard to move forward. Exactly. In this topic. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to start with it. Because I'm like, well, if we can't even define, let's back up off the racism definition. Let's, let's go to race. If we can't even define race, then then we're all talking past each other and we're all never going to find a solution. We're never going to literally are not talking about the same things. Do you have a personal definition of race? Hmm. Um, I don't know that I do. I, I think, uh, I mean, in general, I would say it's any, cause I think you can classify it a number of different ways or you can look at it on a number of different levels. Right. But I think it's any, any, anytime you classify a group of, or, create a group of people based on i mean it could be just based upon like the way they look but then that's too broad because then you end up with men and women and all that doesn't that doesn't really hold up maybe it's based upon you know ancestry or something like that or or cultural um cultural affiliation but not but you can't say that it's defined based upon like how somebody self-identifies either at least that wouldn't work for me. What's like, the what's the you know, dictionary definition? Somebody pulled that up for race. Mm. Um, 
A race is a grouping of humans based on shared physical or social qualities into categories generally viewed as distinct by society. That's Wikipedia. <laughs> so physical and social? Mm-hmm. Shared physical or social qualities. Do you agree with that? That's a, I mean, that seems pretty accurate um, in the sense of how we talk about it typically. Mm-hmm. And what's the definition, dictionary definition of racism? Um, prejudice, like- discrimination, or antagonism directed against someone of a different race based on the belief that one's own race is superior. I don't know that I'd all the way agree with that one. In not only my own definition, but the way that we as a society generally believe. The last part about uh, that your own is superior, I wouldn't. I would leave that part off. And the reason why is because if you're not in the superior group, I think you can still, um, still think that somebody is is racist, right? Like, if well, maybe maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not. Uh, yeah, you have to be in the more superior group. Okay, yeah, never mind. I, I didn't quite understand. I have to like work it through in my head here. But yeah, you have to be in the more superior group in order to, um, or you, let's say you have to believe that you're in the more superior group in order to be a racist. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that seems popularly speaking how we would talk about it. But that's not what Ibram X. Kendi and, you know, Robin D'Angelo and these other people define it. It's not even, not only is it not, it's like not even close. Mm-hmm. It's more subtle. Probably it, theirs is way more broad, and it and it and it it has not it doesn't have to do with intent, which is which is which is right. It that that is accurate. That them trying to not define it based upon intent is accurate, and be, because if it's only based upon what I think, then nobody's ever a racist. Like no no person themselves. Well, I won't say no person. There are people who actually believe that they're racist and they they think that they're better than other people. But most people in general don't wouldn't self label themselves as saying my race is better than yours. Not now, anyway. Maybe we had this in, you know, right. Mo- most people what what they're trying to say is that you can be a you can be an accidental racist, and that's the part where it's like that's where I'm. So have those books convinced you or swayed you to thinking that even though you don't think your race is superior to anyone else's race, that you could still be a racist in some way? Yeah, I would say that's true. Why? Because the people who actually do think that, I don't know that they always know either. Mm. Like, like, for instance... Um, Let's just go with Hitler because everybody's favorite analogy is Hitler. Did he think he was a bad person? Like, I don't think he did. Like, and that's a whole other debate of stuff, right? But I don't think he did. I, I think he thought he was doing the right thing. Like, this is the way science and this is the way the world works. This is the way, you know, I don't know what you say, destiny or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you incrementally go from that to whatever the opposite person is on the way opposite other end of the spectrum and somewhere in there is me and 
I guess I'm leaving it open because I, I don't feel like I have, you know, this intent that I'm, I'm better than other people because of, you know, because I'm who I am, um, or, or because of sort of the physical characteristics and whatever we just said, social characteristics. But I want to leave that open that I'm, I'm fooling myself, you know, and that is something that they've probably, that I think that is the goal of what they're trying to do. Um, I don't necessarily agree with everything that they, oh, uh, not, not only not everything, but I don't agree with still most of what they're saying. <laughs> but I think opening that conversation up in my head of, of trying to understand what they're saying is helpful. If it's as vague as it is, and they haven't clarified what racism is, at least uh, it well, sounds like they haven't, or they haven't, or either it, it sounds like, I guess I'm confused. Have they clarified what racism is and you don't agree with it? Yes. Or have they not clarified it enough and left it vague? Yeah. At least with uh, Kendi, he, he has. Um, I haven't gotten far enough in with maybe some of the other people, but um, yeah, he, he has. And I don't, yeah, I guess I don't agree. It, it's tough to say I don't agree with it because I, I see where he's saying. I just think that when, when in our common political and social environment, when somebody says, oh, that was a racist thing to say, they're saying it, the, the, the definition that they're using typically is different from the definitions he's using. Or when people like him say it, he's using a definition that's different from maybe the definition I would use or the definition that most people would use. Or let's not even say most people, let's just say the person that they're calling that or the person that they're telling that to might be a different definition. Yeah. In one of the inv- interviews that I heard, they were talking about it and they said, well, should we just use a, you know, a different word? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on some level, I feel like that's, that might be helpful. But I don't know. There's just so many. It's such a big topic. There's so many different variables in like how you talk about the, these things. I think that the, the starting point is just trying to trying to understand. Why exactly is it important to you? Because it, it seems like there's something that I'm missing. Like it seems like there are to, to try to be as, as charitable as possible. It seems like there are a number of people who are really smart, who spend their entire lives studying and, you know, working on these sort of problems and advocating for different things. And when I look from the outside at their work, in principle, I, I want to agree that, yes, we, we should, you know, not have, we, we want less racism in the world. But when I say that, I'm using a word that might not be the same thing as what they're using. And when I look at their world, I struggle to believe or agree with or even be kind to <laughs> them. And that seems like a problem because it seems like, I mean, they could, they could just be completely wrong. And I'm right and they're completely wrong. But it doesn't seem like that's close to accurate. It's probably closer to the fact that I'm, I'm wrong and they're wrong <laughs> or I'm wrong and they're partially right. Or, you know, there's probably more of a, of a, of a connection there. And I think it's one of those things where if I, 
if I'm going to just, if I'm going to take a stance on something, then I feel like I want to be informed about what the, the options are, <laughs> if that makes sense. Because the alternative is what I've been doing, which is just don't talk about it. Don't worry about it. It'll work itself out. Let people who are more involved in this fight <laughs> deal with it. And I want it to be more of a conscious decision as opposed to a, I don't know, so I'm just going to continue not knowing. I'm hoping that I get to a point where it's like, okay, I understand or I can at least appreciate and I've chosen not to you know, get involved. So it's not something that affects you on a day-to-day basis. It's more just about a, um, it's like you want to be a well-rounded person yeah. and understand big issues and be able to form an opinion on the big issues. Yeah. And, and as much as you, you know, when you read these people or listen to, you know, interviews and so forth, it seems like there are daily things like interactions with my friends or interactions with whatever that are not this high level macro political social questions. You know, like I don't, I don't know that I'm, I'm asking these questions so that I can get involved with politics or know how to vote or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's more because I think that the, if, if, if these people like Kendi are, are correct, then in some way that's going to change the way that I interact with people on a daily basis. And I don't see those things right now because I, I'm not, I mean, in a lot of cases they would say, because I'm just like in, um, what is it? Robin D'Angelo had a, had a cool analogy. She said, you know, it's kind of like it, you're in a stream and, and she, she's white. And she says, you know, as, as white people, we just kind of swim down the stream. And so we don't notice that we're in a stream. We just happen to swim faster and further with the same amount of effort versus somebody else who's in the same stream, but they're swimming against it. They feel the stream. They're like, oh, I'm totally in a stream. What are you talking about? Hmm. And so if I'm in the stream and I'm, and I'm swimming with the stream, then by definition, and this is where, like, do I agree with this? I don't know. But at least from what she's saying, then I'm in this stream and don't even notice it. There's all these daily interactions where I'm, I could act differently. And maybe it's not every day, you know, but th- there's things that happen in my life where I, I just go along with the stream. And if that's accurate, um, I, I guess I don't want to go along with the stream on the daily, on, on, the, on those things. You want to be more aware? Yeah. Why would you not want to just go down the stream? And also, how can, how can someone who's white talk about the stream that other people are going down? So first question, why would I not want to go down the stream? Um, like, why, why wouldn't you want to just go down your stream? Because I, I guess I want to understand other people. And if there's something that I can do to help, then I'd like to help. Now, whether or not I, you know, whether or not I am going down a stream or, or not, I think in my mind that's still um, open to like debate, I guess, or like I, I don't know, I don't know, like I don't know what that looks like yet. Um, and then what was your other question? Your other question was if. Mm. Uh, Robin D'Angelo writing a book about the experience of minorities 
does that seem contradictory? Well, you mean contradictory in the sense that she can't know? Yes. No, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. Um, I, on some level, of course, on some level, of course, we can't understand each other, right? Like I have no idea what it's like to see through somebody else's eyes, but on a more general level, we have to, we have to interact and we have to uh, behave as, as though we can understand each other on some level, right? Somebody's burning their hand on a stove. I don't know exactly what that feels like, but that, you know, that's empathy. Like at some level I can understand that they're in pain and that's not a good thing. So I want to help them pull their hand off the stove. Um, of course, that's an extreme example, but I think that that is that, like that. Uh, yeah. On, on one level, we, of course we can't fully understand what it's like to be somebody else, but that's the point of like society, right. Of like getting to know friends and talking to people and being like, Oh wow, you have this shared experience with me that I didn't realize. Hmm. Um, I think that's what kind of friendship is on some level. So can we know exactly? No, no, we, we definitely can't, but, but can we still talk about it? And can we try to understand each other? Maybe that goes back to the other thing too, about questions like, like, you know, we might not be able to get exactly the same experience or understand somebody's experience, but that doesn't mean we should not try or we shouldn't talk about it. Um, I think there's a danger sometimes in being presumptive and saying, I know what these people are talking about, or I know what my friend is talking about because she told me, you know, don't be arrogant about it. But um, I think seeking to understand is a totally worthwhile pursuit. Hmm. So the message that she's presenting is that minorities have a tougher time, uh, just a tougher time in general with things. Like they face more Hmm. obstacles they face resistance that mm-hmm. uh, maybe white males, mm-hmm. even white females, don't face on an ongoing basis. Right. If that's the message, what are you supposed to do with that? If we assume that's true, what are you supposed to do with that? She she's interesting. She's actually way more frustrating than Kendi, which is why I like Kendi better. <laughs> because she legit said in a podcast, you know, after she gives a talk and somebody asks, so what are some practical steps that I can do to sort of take this high level concept and, you know, help my help with my friendships and so forth. And she said, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's pretty close to this. She said, if you don't know what to do already, then you're missing the point. Or how are you an educated person in this society and not know what to do? And to me, I kind of lose it when I hear responses like that. Because maybe at some level she's heard that question so many times and she believes that by telling somebody they're not actually going to follow her advice. And on some level I do, I get that. Like I get being frustrated with a situation. But not wanting to give an honest answer to a practical question that somebody hopefully is actually asking in a, in a, you know, a kind spirit. Story. Yeah. Earnest, sincere, kind spirit. Um, that's where I start to shut down. And I'm like, I don't want to hear about this. Like you're, you're, I can't. And, and that's kind of why I, I'm interested in this because I get a, a visceral reaction to pe- people when they say stuff like that. I, I am like, I cannot, <laughs> I cannot go down this road with you if we can't even have a conversation, if we can't even, you know, 
So it's mm. like, okay, let me, let me calm down, <laughs> like take the emotion out of this and think about this. Like, wh- where is she coming from? Why did she say that? Is it because she's been asked this question so many times, you know? So uh, I, I don't have a good answer to your question either though, Bryce. Like, I don't know what that looks like, like on a daily basis. Are we all supposed to, you know, go protest downtown? Um, you know, maybe that's a step. Is it to sort of, you know, I don't know. I don't know what all those things are. I think um, th- that's kind of the road that that um, I'm starting down though, with trying to figure out like what does that what does that look like? Because at the end of the day, that's the that's the important part, right? You have the high level concept, but it, the important part is how do you navigate through life, hopefully better or more clearly. The stream analogy is interesting to me because yeah, we're all going down our stream, and maybe some. People have it a little rougher than others. Why is it important to feel ob- Why is it important to uh, be concerned about other people's streams? Because let's, for the sake of argument, let's say that's true that all Black people living in the USA have a tougher time of it than all white people. And you know, just saying that it sounds ridiculous, but let's just say that's true. Why is it important to be concerned about that from your own personal perspective? And, you know, there's, there's other people that have a tougher time of it too. <laughs> you know, everybody is facing some obstacle of some sort. There's all types of minorities, you know, blacks are not the only minorities. Mm-hmm. Is it important? Like if it's important to have empathy or follow this set of rules for them, do you, does that mean you need to feel obligated to expand your awareness to all groups that are also having a tougher time of it? And how is that helpful for you? For, for me personally, right? I think it does expand to everybody. Just like, you know, somebody who's a victim of, you know, a crime or, a, you know, whatever. Um, hopefully I am like empathetic toward them if I were to interact with them. The whole racism conversation is is interesting though because it seems on some level you could say it seems like it's like cherry picked out. Like this is the one we're going to talk about that's the biggest one. But then I think on some level somebody would say, well, the reason that we're talking about it as the biggest one is because maybe it's the most widespread. Like we could talk about people who only have you know, who were born with no arms and no legs, but the population, there's just not that many of them. So of course we want to help those people, but in general, most people won't directly interact with, with that. Um, whereas something like how we interact with people who look slightly different than us, maybe we face that more often. So it's, that's why it's brought up to be a bigger, bigger thing for me personally. I, I, always want to be helpful as helpful is the right word I want to be helpful to other people at some point you're you're weighing things like well why am i helpful to this person as opposed to not that person well what do i give money to this person and not that person mm-hmm. you know there's all these really convoluted <laughs> things of well why do we do one thing versus another but just on general terms i hope that i can understand people and understand people's sort of suffering or pain or the thing that they go through. I think that's helpful 
for me just to be able to see the world as it actually is because these you know how how um how somebody like robin d'angelo or others might classify it is again very different than that for me because for them they want to say and again this is a generalization there's a lot of people who might not say this but for them they want they would want to say <clears throat> in fact kendy's definition of racism is tied to anything that that creates or leads to more inequality hmm. so a policy that has nothing to do with necessarily race but that in the end creates more equal or inequality is a racist policy and one that he gave an example of is like capital gains tax right if he lowers capital gains tax well who are the majority of the people in the united states let's say who have you know a bunch of stocks or whatever it is they benefit more than a lot of other people who are maybe minorities who don't have all these stocks and so they don't benefit equally so the rich get richer and the poor stay poor get poorer and so he would say that that's a racist policy um and yeah you can get into all sorts of different details of of that and that's where i'm like well i don't i don't really agree with that i mean that might not be a good policy but i don't know that you can call it a racist policy like i don't, I don't know um but according to his definition you can and so that's where it helps me to understand his definition and say okay He's operating on a different definition than I am. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, yeah, just, it, you know, the reason why they would say it's important is different than I would say it's important. So I guess I'm partially curious to try to find out, sort of bridge that gap. You know, like, why are they spending all this time talking about this, mm -hmm. wanting me to believe a certain way? I'm curious if you've considered this point. Do you think the message of those books is teaching you to view blacks and other minorities as victims. Yeah, hundred percent. And then when you view somebody of color like me, like say you never knew me and you'd been educated by these books, if you just saw me, would you say this guy's a victim of systematic racism and oppression and therefore I need to treat him differently because I've had it much easier than he has. Is that the message of those books? And is that a good message? Is it the message of the books? Yes. Is it a good thing? That's, I guess, what I'm still trying to figure out. Because coming into it, I, I'm, I mean, we've talked about the victim mentality before. Like, I'm so far on the other side of that. I, <laughs> I never think you should ever say that you're a victim. That's a pretty strong statement. Um, maybe there's some. Maybe there's some exceptions, but... I don't know that it's ever helpful. <laughs> I, I, there's very, very few exceptions where I think it's helpful to think of yourself as a victim. Like, yeah, stuff, stuff happens to you. You know, stuff happens to everybody. So is it helpful for but, white people to be teaching other white people that black people are victims? I mean, that's what I'm trying to figure out, you know? <laughs> like, I, 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 according to these people... Yes, you know, like, like Kendi, his whole point is, or I mean, yeah, his, his whole point is, is that it's not your fault, you know, and by your, I mean, everybody, it's not, you know, it's not like my, my fault as a, as a white man, I'm just in this society, I'm a victim of somebody else who, or 
you know, a system that's taught me these things. And somebody who's black or they're a victim because they've, they're also in this stream and maybe they're a victim from me directly or, you know, but, but they're also a victim. He, he would say that everybody's a victim. And to him, that's a helpful thing because he says, you know, you, you realize this and then you can, you can take steps to right the wrong, let's say, as opposed to other people who don't even think that there's victims out there. What are the steps to right the wrong? For him, it all, it always comes back to policy. So with the goal of the policy being everybody has an equal outcome. So, and is that something you believe in? That everyone should have an equal outcome. I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. I no, <laughs> like like to me, right? Me having a job is contributing to racism under that definition. So like, as soon as I start, as, as soon as I start arguing against it, you know, like me having a job. Let's say I make one dollar. Now I have one more dollar than somebody else out there. So automatically, that makes me a racist. So to me like it, it's it's really hard to get on board with that but there's like well is there a middle ground is there some are there some points that you're trying to make that i'm just not seeing but anyway i don't know we could talk about this for <laughs> a long time and uh, i guess i i have <laughs> is there mm, you know lately i've been trying to watch my inputs and be really careful about what information i let in Mm-hmm. And I'm really trying to guard what inputs I get because I, I notice that the more inputs I get, the more scattered my thoughts become. So I'm, I, I want to know, is it helpful for you to have those, those new inputs where the, the Robin D'Angelo's and Kendi, is that helpful? Are, is it helping your perspective evolve? Or is it just helpful knowing the other side's opinion? I think a little bit of both, or maybe a lot of both. Yeah, I, I, I kind of went into it as an experiment, you know, as I, as I said about trying to see some sort of get into other people's heads and, and to, to the point where hopefully I can articulate the other, mm. a, a perspective that I, seems so foreign to me and so, um, in some ways, just just factually wrong or inaccurate, but then in other ways, just something that I don't want, you know. Um, but then this is a, this is a good one because on the on the surface or on the face of it, and of course, everybody who presents some idea is going to present it under a good light. That's almost by definition. But on the surface, it seems like something that I want to get on board with. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's not hate people, you know. <laughs> let's not make it worse for people. Those ideas seem like a good thing, but after that, we we part ways pretty fast. So it's like, well, how how do we get there? Um, but yeah, like long term, you know, is it always a good idea to go to? Probably not. Mm. Yeah, I haven't thought about what? it too much. I'm I'm curious if if you think that by adopting these views, the view the views of someone like Robin D'Angelo of seeing minorities as victims. If you see them as victims, aren't you uh, reinforcing that belief? Like you're contributing to them feeling like a victim. And if they feel like a victim, then how are they supposed to 
improve or how are how are how are they supposed to rise above that because hopefully the goal isn't to always feel like a victim because if you always feel like a victim that's pretty shitty i think what they would say and maybe this is me getting getting a little bit better at you know understanding it or or maybe articulating what they they would say though is so the alternative would be you know let's say you're in a bad spot the options would be something else did this to you or i did this to myself and so if you're if you're going through life saying i did this to myself that's more painful than sort of offloading that onto a social construct that can then be changed or fixed as opposed to just something that is innately inside me like i'm just a bad person i just don't have the skill my intelligence my iq my work ethic my i am not able to do better that seems disempowering more disempowering let's say than offloading that and saying no i'm i am a good person i do have the ability to do these things it's just that i'm in a a stream that's that's going the wrong way well how do i get on a different part of the stream or how do i change the stream i think that's kind of what their what their argument would be you know against that like how did i do how did that you know like cuz i'm i'm more on the no but you're saying you're you're a victim that's a terrible idea what <laughs> yeah. but mm. i think that i think that's sort of the position that they would take or at least that's my understanding of how they would sort of respond to that but at that point you have to start pointing to tangible things that are oppressing the person and then the person should take the responsibility of fighting to break those things down is that right is that right yeah just maintaining the victim mentality doesn't doesn't help Mm-mm. right and i think maybe it's helpful to distinguish the victim mentality um so like victim mentality in the sense of like defeated like this has happened to me and i'm a broken person now i think they would say that that's not what they're what they're espousing they're they're trying to say more that something external to the person has happened to the person beyond their control but they as a person have worth and skill and initiative and can go act upon these external forces but isn't that true for everyone <laughs> like everyone's born into a situation that was not their choice right like we weren't born to uh as children of bill gates and therefore <laughs> we're going to have a tougher time of it than maybe bill gates's kids what are your thoughts on some of this david and quiet <laughs> um, and, and feel free to stay quiet if you uh what's I'm, I'm trying to say uh if you don't feel comfortable weighing in on the racism topic <laughs> no, i meant fine. to preface this whole conversation with that because it's something i'm thinking about but dragging other people into this is <laughs> maybe maybe a, a little unfair no you're you're fine <laughs> i just yeah let that continue because it was uh you know you guys were on a roll, you know, so I, uh, I think that was great. Um, yeah, I mean, if it's, if, if it's, uh, something that you want to understand, I, 
I think it's good to maybe read some some more. I, I don't really know those those two people that you're talking about, um, but yeah, right. read from uh, different perspectives. I guess would probably be helpful. Um, I don't know. I I feel like maybe I should have butted in like throughout the because <laughs> I had like things that I wanted to say, and then I was just like, this is just flowing so well. I'm just gonna soak this in and and let it and let it kind of ride through. But um, mm. yeah, yeah. I'm I'm happy that you know you decided to to share this because I think, like I said before, you know, if, if you're thinking this, then a lot of people are thinking this and not understanding it. So I think uh, it's worth, uh, it's worth, you know, the time because I think probably one of the biggest things is the education that we, as a, as Americans, as I guess maybe you and me, Marshall, like I, I, I don't, I don't think I got a really good education in terms of like history. So there's so much that I had no, you know, like Christopher Columbus or, or whatever. The, there's just so much that I didn't know <laughs> whether that's like important to be like at the forefront of my mind all the time. Like, like Bryce is saying, you know, fewer, fewer inputs situation, but I think it's, it's worthy to to look into if it's if it's in your mind and uh if it occupies your interest and uh yeah just uh be absorbent listen soak soak in people's uh, opinions and i guess educate yourself and i'm i guess i'm speaking for myself as well because <laughs> i'm not you know all knowing yeah maybe like a you know top level thing and i guess i kind of started with this too but just just recognizing that it's a whole topic that everybody seems like is either talking about or avoiding talking about mm-hmm. that I feel like a like a physical uneasiness about and so just by saying that I think it's helpful so then people realize like okay I'm not the only one that feels uneasy about this <laughs> you know well why is that well it's cuz we don't understand it it's because mm-hmm. there's confusion it's because we're working off different definitions it's because it's been, there's a lot of history. There's a lot of baggage on, on a lot of these things. And, you know, so just, I think for me, just trying to start with being, I don't know if humble is the right word, but being just, just admitting to, to people, but also just to myself that, oh, wow, this is something that I, I don't understand and don't, uh, don't know how to, how to engage with. Yeah. And it's like, are you okay to like never fully understand it as well? Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like that's yeah. something I may never truly understand because I haven't lived with it, at least from that angle, you know, in the angle of, you know, racial discrimination. Or... I think that's, that was the question I was trying to ask. David said it better. Mm-hmm. What's that? I, I just said you said it better than what I was trying to ask earlier. It's like, there's a million topics we're never going to have deep understandings of Mm. and they all might be really important subjects, but for some reason, if you're ignorant of this subject, suddenly 
there are people telling you you're a bad person and using charged language like racist just because you don't understand this topic or you're not right. protesting or not uh, shouting right. in, the, in the streets. You it's, know, there's plenty of shitty things happening in the world that we're blindly ignorant to. And it's impossible to be aware of all of them or to do something about all of them. So, you know, the three of us, I, I like to think that we're uh, goal-oriented. Mm -hmm. So in the case of this, what is, to me, I ask myself, what is the value for me to understand this or to um, consume a lot of information regarding this topic? You know, again, let's say black people do have it a lot harder in the U.S. What is the value of me constantly consuming information related to that? Especially if I have no practical goal of doing anything with that knowledge. I think that's the question I ask myself. It's like, what am I, what am I supposed to do with this? Mm -hmm. I may be wrong in saying this, but I guess my hope is that the, the needle is moved uh, in some way or another. I, I think it will like over time, I guess, um, in terms of being understanding and educating people and it's <laughs> you're right though i mean it's uh it's so much to take in it's really so much to take in but um yeah i don't it, know where i was gonna know, go with it, that it makes sense <laughs> if you're going to do something with it but if you're not going to do something with it then you know to me it's the same as like keeping fox news or cnn running <laughs> <laughs> like all the time or consuming media or consuming any of that stuff like what am i supposed to do with this information that um there's riots in hong kong right now or there was a terrorist attack in this and this place and there's a famine in this country and uh you know all the bad things happening in the world like what am i why am I consuming that information if I'm not going to make it a high priority? You know, maybe I consume that information and it like convinces me I should go move to where the famine is and go help people. But if it doesn't do that, why? Like, what's the point? I think, yeah, I think personally, <laughs> I, I tend, I tend to be like you, I guess, about news. Like I don't, really watch the news i i let things bubble up until they're big enough so i don't know what's going on until somebody like physically tells me a lot of times and so i am not nearly as informed as many of my friends on you know political or whatever you want to call them news worthy items or not even news worthy i would i wouldn't say but <laughs> things that whatever are reported in the news and that that helps me i i think because i don't yeah, I don't get distracted and I don't get depressed about, wow, there were this many murders last week or, you know, like, what am I supposed to do about that? Live more scared? Like, no, mm -hmm. no. So, but when something bubbles up and somebody tells me, let's say at work or, you know, wherever it is that I'm talking to somebody and something comes up once, then maybe it's a bigger thing. I remember when I first heard about, you know, the coronavirus, I didn't really pay attention. I was like, you know, whatever. And it came up and it came up and it came up. 
And then finally it was like, okay, maybe I should pay attention. And then I kind of like got into it enough to where I kind of understood where I felt like I was informed. And then now I'm, you know, I don't read about coronavirus anymore, you know? And I think that this is one of those ones for me where it's now come up multiple times. It's, it's now come up multiple times with different friends, different, we can't drive downtown because the roads are blocked. That's not, no, that's no longer a news item as it, much as it is like, a, oh, I can't drive there. Well, what's going on? You know, so I think that's how it's bubbled up for me is that, you know, when it's a news item and people are talking about it, you know, whatever, at some point when it gets to be a certain like critical mass, then I'm like, well, let me dig in enough so that I'm at least informed enough to know if I should continue to pursue it. And, you know, that's kind of where I'm at now. Like I'm getting into it and I'm like, well, I don't know that there's a clear answer. I don't know that they have a clear, you know, I don't know that I'm more clear on this or, um, but I'm glad I dove into it because it, it sort of helps me understand maybe some different perspectives a little bit. And maybe that rubs off on some other areas of my life. I still want to have a definition of racism though. <laughs> That's, I think that was my goal in the beginning and I still haven't gotten to it, at least for me personally, that I feel like personally it could work. And also I, a definition that will work for me personally and would also work broadly enough to where when I hear somebody say the word, I could think, okay, that's probably what they're talking about. And if I think they're not talking about that, maybe ask to clarify. Mm. That was probably my goal going into it. If we, now that we get back to like goals. And... <laughs> that's a good, good goal because that, uh, having an objective definition of that is going to answer most of those questions. Mm -hmm. Or at least in the conversations, right? And I don't mm -hmm. mean conversations with Kendi that I'll probably never have. But the, convers the interpersonal conversations with a friend, when they say, was that racist when they said this? I can say, well, here's the definition of racism that I operate with in general. And I think that people kind of use, let's apply it and see. You know, mm -hmm. Then we have a conversation as opposed to just a label. Well, that's mean. Mm -hmm. You mean my mean, you know, <laughs> like it hurt their feelings because it was true. Like that's a different definition of mean than like he just blatantly lied to this person to make them look bad or you know like anyway i'm glad you guys stuck with me on that topic that was uh interesting mm. yeah i appreciate it bryce that's, what you got that's uh <laughs> kind of related i well it's kind of related to just having conversations in general i i want to stop giving advice to people i want to stop um yeah, that's it. I want to stop giving advice to people because I don't feel qualified to give advice on anything, really. You guys know I've been into Sam Oven's videos recently, <laughs> probably for the last six months or so. You know how you, you come across people at certain stages in your life and you just really click with the, what they're teaching or what their ideas are. And I guess right now for me, that that's him. Mm -hmm. And he was talking, one of his, his videos was talking about how to learn, how to learn. And I'll summarize it by saying he, his idea was that you haven't really learned something until you have a working theory that gets you predictable results all of the time or, you know, consistently gets you results. And there's not, too many things that I can pinpoint that I've learned that I could tell you the theory 
of how I get the predictable results consistently. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So if I couldn't teach you by principles and theories about this subject, and then you get those same results, then that leads me to believe that I haven't actually learned it or I haven't learned it so deeply that I can deconstruct what I'm doing to get the results. And if there's nothing like that, where I'm that confident in the subject matter, then there's really no reason I should be giving anyone advice on the subject. And, you know, there's not like tons of people coming to me for advice, Mm. but when I do have interactions with people, I find myself always like inserting my opinions or (laughs) kind of imposing my ideas onto them either like actively or passively trying to persuade them to think like I think. And, you know, there's, there's really no, there's not a lot, there's no point. I I can't, I can't really, I can't see a point in it anymore. I'm trying to evolve the conversations that I have with people. And I think I've done a good job with it because before the thing that I was trying to work on was not talking about other people when I had conversations because not too long ago, I was someone who would just talk bad about other people when I was having conversations with other people or be the person who was talking about how bad the world was and current events and and all that. And I've tried to get away from that. And I think I've done a pretty good job with it of having conversations that are more about ideas and conversations that are more about feelings or projects or things that I think are more constructive. So I think the next step is to get away from thinking that I know everything because I am a know-it-all, admittedly. And I, I recognize that I have a habit of uh, inserting my opinion. And it, I guess what I'm saying is I'm not qualified. I don't think I'm qualified to give advice in a serious serious way so yeah i i bring it up just to to voice that and um maybe get your get your guys thoughts on on that you mentioned giving advice and confidence pretty close together earlier it is it an advice thing or is it a confidence thing what do you mean uh are you this song this doesn't sound good it's like are you overconfident <laughs> or oh i, I thought mean, you were saying am i giving people advice because i'm insecure uh because i think it's probably more that it's more that than an overconfidence mm-hmm. mm. I, I i guess that i'm for some things it's like i have this firm belief that i'm my way is right and the other person should be doing the same thing mm give you an example. Uh, I guess it was two years ago, three years ago, my sister had just graduated from uh, graduate school and we were helping her move. Like she was, we had, she had to pack up her apartment and we were helping her move and she just had a ton of stuff and it was taking forever to move. And she was having a hard time getting rid of stuff or 
knowing what to throw away and what to keep, what was important, what was not important. And of course, to her, everything was important. And I was like deep into my minimalist phase. And I just, you know, I remember like <laughs> just throwing, throwing her stuff away for her. I was like, that's not important. You don't need that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, when was the last time you wore this shirt? You probably never worn this shirt. And just imposing my minimalist ideas onto her. I'd like to think I've improved a little bit over the last two years, but it's still there. It's still there. And there's no reason for it. It doesn't seem like there's a good reason for that to be a part of my, my personality anymore. I don't know. Do you guys struggle with that at all? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Same here. I mean, I'm, I'm someone who does a lot more listening than talking. So my typical rebuttal is to provide some sort of advice or insight, even though I'm really not an expert in anything. (laughs) So I totally feel that. (laughs) I think there's a, I think two things come to mind, right? One, One is, and this is a generalization, but here we go. I think guys in general, or there's a, there's a generalization that guys in general have that fix it mentality mm-hmm. where, you know, my wife will come to me with something. I'm like, well, here's how to fix it. And does she actually want me to fix it? Or does she just want me to hear what she's saying and feel with her? So I, I definitely see where the benefit of not immediately jumping to the helping phase or the advice giving phase or the know-it-all phase is, is a good thing. But the, the other thing that came to mind too, though, is for for the, the when you said you know you really know something when you have a, a theory or a model of how something works and you can apply that and then get predictable repeatable results from it i think there are things that are like that in general where 99% of the time i can walk you through the steps to set up a wordpress blog i can walk you through the steps on how to create a book cover using this method or you know is it going to be good no but it'll be something that you can put together you know so there's there's these really clear steps to making a cheeseburger and i can walk you through those and then there's this whole other realm of we have no idea but between there there's a whole area where you don't know for sure you might not even know you might only know 55 percent of the time you might only be right 55 percent of the time, or you might only be able to get the results 55% of the time, or maybe less than that, 30% of the time, 10% of the time, 4% of the time. But if everybody else is getting 1% of the time results, then by voicing the opinion, it can help move the conversation closer to getting a more predictable result. Now, I don't think that, and, and what strikes me about it is those are, the, those are the interesting conversations, right? Nobody cares about the 10 steps of how to build a blog. I thought they did. I wanted to be that person who was like teaching people these steps. You can just Google that. It's like a machine can, and they have, right? In the beginning, the stuff that I was learning how to do 10 years ago on a blog, now you click a button and it happens. Mm-hmm. So they automated that out. But the interesting things are the things that you can't just build this nice, clean model of. 
So I guess where I'm going with this is like separating out. There's one thing to, in a conversation, not want to jump in with opinion and advice right away. And I'm with you on that because I'm the person who wants to jump in with advice and opinion and everything. But it seems like the interesting things are the things that are not predictable. And so conversations in general are going to be about those types of things. Does that, does that make sense? Like it doesn't mean that you should jump in with your advice, right? Mm-hmm. It just means that I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I, I guess I agree with your, your result of not giving advice. I don't know that I agree with the learning portion that he said, the model. In what It's way? not always accurate, right? It's not always accurate that knowing something is being able to have a model that's always predictable. I mean, that is accurate, that statement, but it doesn't mean that that's the only thing that's worth talking about. Oh, I, 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 I put that onto it. Hmm. He, he didn't imply that. I, that was my takeaway okay. Okay. from it was if I don't know something deeply, then why am I giving advice to other people about it? Mm-hmm. Especially but, if I can't lay out the exact steps that I take to do it. But you would still be open to talking about it. You would just present it in a different way instead of it being like, well, here's what you should do. It'd be more like, let's have a conversation because I don't know either. Let's talk about maybe some. Right. Like like before, that. if somebody was interested in making money online and I make money online full time, I would feel qualified to start dishing out advice on like, oh, well, you should sell on Amazon and you should do Amazon FBA and you should uh, start a, a, a this and that store and you should sell on Etsy and you should uh, blah, blah, blah. And just start like uh, <laughs> throwing out all the stuff that I do. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm realizing that's, I don't, I don't think I'm qualified. And health, nutrition, diet, I toss out advice about that stuff pretty freely, or I have been known to do that, mm-hmm. but I don't have a consistent method mm-hmm. of feeling energetic all the time or uh, having the perfect body or, um, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, would it be- I'm not qualified to give health advice, yet I still do it. Would it be different too if somebody asked you for it as opposed to like, I'm talking about this com- this topic and mm-hmm. then you jump in with a thing versus Bryce, I know you do stuff with Amazon uh, businesses, or, you know, selling on Amazon. Can you help me out with that? I think I want to get to the point where I say no to that. Okay. Because I mm. just don't think I'm okay with talking about my experience but I don't want it to come from a position of authority yet. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah, I'm saying? I, I think that's a noble. Uh, <clears throat> noble is a, I hate the word noble because it sounds, <laughs> it sounds bad, but I actually mean it sincerely. I think that's a, a, it was a what? I think that's a solid goal or pursuit. Until I can get to a point where I feel qualified. Like if I get to my goals for the things that I do, and I've created a system for how I did it, and the system is replicable, mm-hmm. then sure. But I haven't got to that point yet. So you're not about like faking it till you make it kind of thing. <laughs> I'm not it's okay like... with telling other people that they should do what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless I firmly know 
at least this is what I want to get to. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to keep being that person who dishes out advice when really they're, they don't a hundred percent know what they're talking about. But, but if I asked you how you've done what you did, you, you'd be okay with telling how you did. I mean, unless there's some secret sauce that you, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, I don't want to give you my password, but you know what I mean? <laughs> like telling my personal story. Yeah. 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 I think that's what I'm trying to get to. Yeah. I like What's it. going on with you, David? Yeah, it kind of connects. I mean, it does, it, it's something that I didn't even think of. But after you started talking, I guess it connects a little bit. My uh, thing I wanted to share was being present. So when I say that, I mean, just throughout the day, a typical day, I'm doing a lot of... Uh, extra things, probably unnecessary uh, tasks. And my mind gets a little bit muddled. And this isn't really work specific. This isn't, you know, play specific. This isn't specific to one thing. I just, I feel like I'm, I'm not focusing as much as I should on like in any like given like point in the day um i guess aside from this podcast (laughs) because it's kind of you know we're kind of zoned in here but i um yeah i mean that's really it i i just and i don't know you guys you guys have probably dealt with this before i would imagine and feel free to share as well but i just want to put like a a higher percentage of my focus on whatever whatever I'm doing because it's being split and uh yeah I think that affects a lot of my life but yeah go ahead sorry no I was just gonna say like single tasking then is like when you said be present I I think there's a lot that comes to mind for me but you're you're kind of thinking like with your tasks sort of like do one thing Till it finishes or whatever until for a specific amount of time yeah i mean it's like it's so hard to pinpoint because it it's not like subject to a section of the day it's just and maybe that's because my mind is always thinking of you know like i'm working on one thing and my mind's like oh you know um looking for a house or, you know, taxes or like what, you know, my mind just, it just jumps to different things. And you would think that through, (laughs) through my, my short bursts of, you know, meditation that things would kind of even out, but uh, yeah, I guess it's not like a magic pill that, that can just kind of settle everything and allow you to have like a a super focus or presence with with things you know throughout the day or on things how do you feel your time being split how do i feel my time is being split Mm -hmm. you're saying you're always multitasking yeah i mean so for that i mean that's uh i guess that can be specific to work 
I guess I can give you an example. Um, yeah, I mean, with work, it's it, multitasking is like, is literally part of my job. <laughs> so, but I guess focusing on, okay, so like focusing on one person at a time until that is complete, that's probably something I can, I can actually work on completing a an email before moving on to a different uh, a different program or a different a different person really because a lot of times there will be multiple people that I'm kind of going between and helping this a little bit and then working on that for a little bit and then I'll come back so that would probably that would help my output I would say at least a bit but yeah even in the even in that span of me talking I've like completely forgotten your question <laughs> like that's that's how my mind it just kind of like rolls out and then I'm just like wait what, what was the what was the question because I've forgotten it I need to like write stuff down <laughs> mm. Is that I don't know does that like is what I'm explaining something that is is being understood by you guys? Is there any relatability or does it just sound like I'm an insane person? <laughs> no, I definitely can relate. Okay. I, is there anything that you get into throughout the day or like at any point in the week where you feel focused on it 100%? besides the podcast you said the but it's it sounds like you're not even 100 percent into the podcast of... <laughs> yeah well that's yeah funny. that's that's the ironic thing like i am but then my brain is still you know it's still kind of doing a thing sometimes but uh so probably i guess the one thing that that first popped up and maybe i can think of something else later but the, the meditating you know even that's not like a single focus, but just actually doing that aside from, you know, me sleeping, <laughs> that's uh, the meditating is, is something where I, I do have focus. Is there any activity or yeah, hmm. say activity that you get lost in and you don't multitask? It's like you're a hundred percent there. Is there an activity that I get lost in? Mm -hmm. You know those activities, Marshall, I'm sure you felt it when you're writing where you just get lost in it and the time goes by really quickly and mm. you feel really happy or maybe not happy, but you just feel a sense of, mm. yes, you know what I'm saying? That like the time just goes by. Yep. Well, and with work sometimes I should say, yeah, I'll get into like a, into the zone, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I'll just be working through things. And then I'll look at the time and it's like an hour or two has passed by. So I guess to have more of that would be, would be pretty sweet. Cause I do like those, those bursts of, of progress and, and uh, yeah, it's a good feeling. Well, it, and it's two sided though, too. For, for me anyway, right? So sometimes when you say getting lost in something and you say writing, go back to that word noble, 
that feels really noble. Like, oh, wow, I got lost in my writing. <laughs> and that's the you know facetious version of the word noble. But then you also have, and, and so you sort of wake up or you come out of that and you're like, wow, that was cool. I just did, you know, a thousand words. I just like float out. Cool, you know. Mm. But then you also have the bad version too, where you like, I, I mean, for me, it's like a podcast or just scrolling through YouTube or, you know, these types of things. And you look up and it's like three hours later and it's 1 a.m. in the morning and you're like, oh, this sucks. I'm supposed to get up in two hours. And, you know, so there's a dis- there's a distinction too on, for, for at least for me on sometimes that flow is a good thing when it's like productive and afterwards you come out of it and it feels good. And sometimes you lose yourself in things that maybe looking back, you're not as sort of happy about. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, and the reason I mentioned that though, David, was because work is like that for me too. The one thing that I uh, like that I, I like about my job, right? I like what I do on a daily basis. Like I never have a day where I'm looking at the clock like, oh my gosh, I, I, yeah, how much time do I have left here? Mm-hmm. Like, at the end of the day, I'm like, oh man, I needed another two hours to get that stuff in. Oh, well, we'll come back tomorrow. So it sounds like your work is kind of like that too which is, you know, not necessarily a bad thing. I wouldn't say, I don't you know, unless, I don't know how you feel about it, but typically I, I kind of like that feeling where I'm just in that flow of work and I'm not looking at the clock, like waiting for the time to tick by, like never want to be in that mode <laughs> personally. Mm-hmm. And even to add on to that, if you can get into that mode and not need any type of distractions, you know, like with my, with the stuff we do, sometimes I'll be bored with it or, put on YouTube or a podcast in the background so that I can have two things going on or something like that. I find it's way better. if You're like what Marshall's saying. You just go to work and you're in that zone throughout the whole day. Mm. So you're saying the, like the podcast or whatever, you have that going and that puts you in a, a focus zone or is that distracting? I think I'm create. I create distractions because the task at hand is not all th- not that interesting, mm-hmm. and it's better for the task at hand to be super interesting. And you're a hundred percent engaged with it. Okay. And if you're a hundred percent engaged with it, then you don't need distractions, and your mm-hmm. mind doesn't wander off the task because you're super into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just me. go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> No, I was going to say, do you have stuff that, so outside of work, and I'll give an example for me that, you know, I, it's getting to the end of the mowing of the lawn season. So I'm not mowing <laughs> the lawn anymore, hopefully, maybe one more time. But for me, that, that's one of those times during the week when I'm doing something that a lot of times I'll turn on a podcast. Sometimes I'll just mow the lawn, though, and just be with my thoughts. Do you have stuff like that? That, that you have predictably throughout a, I don't know, a day or a week that whether it's mowing the lawn or I don't know, something where it's like more than two minutes of repeated task, but where you, where you would sit down and, or whatever, stand up, whatever you do, where it's sort of mm. a repetitive task where you're, where you're doing something, but your mind is free, if that makes sense. Like uh, working out or something like that. Yeah. That'd be a great example. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've not, well, working out, not so much recently. I guess the only thing I can think of, because I 
don't have a lawn and I don't work out is like um, doing the dishes. <laughs> I was going to use that example too. That's me. Yeah. It's a short amount of time because I am one of those people that, that does the dishes immediately after cooking so that it doesn't pile up. Um, but yeah, honestly, that's one of the only things I can think of. Do you turn on a podcast or YouTube or something while you do that? Or do you just do that usually? Uh, because it doesn't, I mean, sometimes I'll have something, but I think for the most part, it's such a quick, it's such a quick thing, you know, five minutes, unless I've been in the kitchen for a while, um, I'll just do it and run the water. And, and that's a, you know, it's, it's a pretty quick, it's not like a, like mowing the lawn probably takes you, you know, hour, maybe more, or maybe you split up the lawn depending on how, how big your lawn is. Um, I don't really have anything that is that long. That's kind of like a, I guess a thing I do, a maintenance thing or, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mention it because now that I'm not mowing the lawn, it's always a pain because it's a, it's a junk chunk out of the week. I'll come home from work and then I'll usually try to do it on like a Monday or Tuesday. And yeah, it'll take an hour, hour and a half, two hours, depending upon what's, what I'm getting into with, with it. But when I don't do it, I sort of miss having that time. I guess the reason I was asking was, yeah, like sometimes it seems like I don't have those chunks. I, I'm, I'm very comfortable around people or comfortable. Might be, I, I, I do get energized from being around people. So I call myself an extrovert. Mm-hmm. but I love being by myself. Yeah. Like I love it, you know, just, and, and not even doing anything. Just like, you know, I could just sit there for a long time and be okay. <laughs> and Bryce, we've, I think we've talked about this, how sometimes you have that baseline. You said your baseline is sort of negative. Mm-hmm. My baseline is positive. So it was funny last week and you were talking about that. I was like, I don't even know how to, like, I can't give advice. I guess it's a great example of like, I can't give advice on that because it's not something I consciously could repeat. It just is who I am. I'm, I'm just naturally like a six instead of a four on a scale of one to 10 if five is like neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that, that time is super valuable to me. And now that I don't mow the lawn, I'm like, oh, I got to like find something else to do. <laughs> Break the leaves. <laughs> to have that time. Yeah. Exactly. Shovel the driveway. Yeah, there's, you know, (laughs) but yeah, it it sounds like David, you have a lot of like, maybe don't have that, you know, like a block or something of time where you do something like you have a lot of five minute tasks or five minute activities or. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe I need to like create a block. (laughs) I mean, that that literally is what it is, is you're, you're, however you're doing that, whether you're sitting or standing, but. Uh As cliche as this is going to sound, do you have a strong why for the things that you do? Mm, just like in any given day? Uh, well, certainly work. Any given thing. Yeah. yeah, any given thing. Oh, yeah. But, well, explain, yeah. I, explain that first. <laughs> some like guiding star for why you do what you do, I think. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, if I'm understanding you correct, like, like a, a, a big mission and maybe some smaller missions to achieve the big mission to, to like, um, 
to make progress maybe or yeah i definitely have and i probably need to create a few more at least longer term ones but uh on any given day there's definitely a a why for you know for what i'm what i'm doing yeah so what causes the multitasking so yeah if there's a if there's a really strong why what causes you to get distracted from it so i don't know i think maybe my i think my whys are overlapping (laughs) which is Mm. which is uh causing they're not as you know blocked out like in blocks or chunks of the day almost like Marshall was saying like a block of time for for mowing the lawn my uh my whys do tend to to drift in and out so yeah i guess that's my my desire to uh endure more chunks of time where i get lost in it like we we had talked about previously hmm. i don't know yeah I think it's good just to talk about it because um, it's like before we were saying with uh, with giving advice and just instead just like listening to somebody or for me just speaking is um, it's kind of a way to understand things more and uh, process it. Me being the type of person that listens in most cases uh benefits quite a bit from you know opening my mouth i guess that phrase or the the quote that we did that was a problem half solved or a problem well stated is a problem half solved (laughs) that's probably been my favorite quote not because it's well it's been the most practical quote that we've talked about here because it does just by talking about just by saying something and I've always been very anti-awareness because I feel like awareness is such an overused word. Like, let's do something about it instead of just talking about it. But there is a sense of, especially on these problems that are not well-defined, like you're saying, mm-hmm. being present. Well, what's the actual problem? Or, you know, you ask these questions and Bryce is like asking like good questions about sort of understanding the underlying, you know, or is it a, you know, what's going on with it? And all of that is still on that side of, you know, a problem well stated. Like, we don't know what the problem is yet. We don't know how to state the problem yet. But as soon as you do, it's almost like you've already fixed the problem. As soon as you're like, okay, I just need to do this, or this is the problem. The problem is that I don't do this. Well, then uh-huh. the solution is super easy at that point. Then it's like, well, do that, you know, or, yeah. <laughs> but trying to find that out is, is really complicated on, on most things, it seems, <laughs> or at least most important things doing the dishes, maybe there's a clear solution. It's more about just doing the action, just get in there and do the dishes, right? But most human things, mm-hmm. the the problem is more the, the problem <laughs> or stating it is more the problem. Yeah. Marshall, I'm not quite sure I understood the the doing the dishes or uh, the, the mowing the lawn example. How's that a, um, how's that a way to bring one closer to focus um i i don't know that it actually is 
I was using it more as an example of something that you do. So let's say in your day or in your week, I like to think in terms of weeks instead of days, but so like a week has 168 hours in it. If in 168 hours you do 168 different tasks, it seems like you're going to feel like you're more scattered Mm -hmm. than a person who only does four tasks. Mm. and maybe you can't break it down. Maybe that's an extreme example, but you know what I mean? Like if you're doing a thousand five minute tasks every day, it's going to be hard to get into that flow unless the task is sort of related and they flow sequentially together. But if you're, if you're doing one thing and then doing another and so, so to me, it seems like there, there might be some value in finding just creating that space where Mm you know, try like doing one thing and whether that's like a project or I think you talked about that a couple of weeks ago, maybe David about, you know, doing something creative or productive or, you know, where you're producing something or, Mm -hmm. or just a single activity for more of an extended Mm -hmm. amount of time, like mowing the lawn or, you know, vacuum your whole house and it takes a half hour, you know, to feel what it's like to be focused. Right, right. Because my, my theory on, here we go with theories that I'm about to give out, my, my repeatable <laughs> theory, it, it seems to be repeatable to me, take it for what, it, you know, but, and it's kind of where I come from with experiments is to, to fix a problem, there, it's, it's kind of hard. <laughs> but if you can find like a little thread, like the, like the edge of the corner of the carpet and start pulling it up, then you can get the whole carpet eventually. And so, I mean, and Bryce, you were saying kind of the same thing of like, what are the things, David, that you feel that flow in? You know, if you can identify that, then you can try to do more of that. Um, so maybe the better question, David, is is the problem not a lack of focus, but is the problem something else? Something underlying the lack of focus? Hmm. Rather than just taking a magic pill to be become focused on the stuff you're currently doing is there something underlying that yeah um i mean the 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 thing that popped into my head is i'm not like a specific thing but uh perhaps just uh a sense of overload (laughs) i feel like that's been a a constant uh topic for me the last couple weeks (laughs) and i I don't really want to go back to it because I, you know, I'm trying to dif- diversify my uh, my sharing. But yeah, that's the only thing that that's popping into my head at this time. Mm. So you feel you feel a lack of focus because you're overwhelmed. Mm. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't say I'm overwhelmed. I feel well. What's I the mean, difference I, between overload and overwhelm? Uh, I think overloaded would just be like having, having more than having a lot of things, I guess, going on at the same time. Overwhelmed is the, the feeling of a lot of things going on at the same time. (laughs) The action and the feeling, I guess, would be a, a difference if we're trying to make one. I think that's actually a pretty good difference or, or distinction, David. Mm. Yeah. Like Thanks. I've got fifteen <laughs> I've got fifteen things to do in this eight hour period. They're not all gonna fit because they're all 
one hour things uh-huh. versus, oh, I have to somehow fit them in. What are we going to do? Ah, yeah. <laughs> one is like, well, it's just not going to fit. So let's prioritize. And, you know, seven of them aren't going to fit. What are, what are the seven that aren't going to happen? Right. Prioritizing. Right. So how are you prioritizing the things? So that- yeah, it's like, uh, it's like I've prioritized on paper, but I've not really prioritized in my head. So there's a, there's like a disconnect going on, you know, and perhaps that's something that will be helped through uh, continuing uh, meditation and actually, you know, putting more pen to paper and maybe even just kind of uh, writing out like, all right, this time to this time, you know, I got this going on and uh, almost kind of memorizing it. So you're so. saying when you write it down, that's not helpful for staying on track? Uh, no, I think, I think it is helpful, but you're I like think I'm already what, doing that. You, you've already like written it down. No, not, not to the, not to the extent I think that I need to, I need to be a little yeah. bit more, uh, it's like, um, you know, I've written the outline, but the, you know, the, the essay or, or whatever is not, has not been completed. So I think I need to dive a little bit more deeper in that in order to, in order to kind of, I guess, memorize a, uh, the script for my for my brain <laughs> you mean like get, make... get more into a routine yeah is yeah, your routine it's... is your daily routine scattered right now not really I, I i think it's more scattered in my mind than than it actually is hmm. so what or what does that what does that mean to be you mean you're working on one task but you're thinking about something else yeah yeah, exactly. I was going to say, it sounds like, and correct me if this isn't actually the way it is, but it, it sounds like, yeah, like you have, you know, I'm going to do this thing. I mean, even this podcast, like you said, you, you forgot what the question was or, you know, yeah. and I don't know if that's a great example because I forget stuff all the time, but forgetting <laughs> maybe a different thing, but, you know, so, so you're on paper from 8.15 to 8.30, I'm going to do this thing task a but then in the middle of task a you're like oh but i forgot about you know buying cat food or you know whatever the thing might be so let me go jot that down so then you go jot that down and then mm-hmm. you come back and you kind of work a little bit and then or, or you do task a and then oh but, but wait a minute what about this and so you spend three minutes or 30 seconds doing something is that is that more the 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 actual flow so it's like it's chunked out in paper but then what you actually end up experiencing you get sort of sidetracked as you go along in that in that time okay Mm -hmm. that sort of makes sense i mean yeah that i think that happens to me all the time definitely so in the situation marshall described when the cat food comes to mind you would take action on that immediately or Mm. uh you would you would interrupt you would interrupt your 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 routine yeah to take action on the thought sometimes yeah well either that or to at least 
you know, sometimes I would just at least jot it down or write it down and that breaks my focus. Um, I mean, sometimes I'll like completely pull myself out of, out of my task to, uh, you know, to do something, you know, not work related, you know, in the kitchen or whatever. I'm just like, Oh, like I forgot this or, <laughs> or whatever, put this on the stove or so. Gotta yeah. let that cat starve, man. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, what you're describing with the cutting the grass, Marshall, that I feel like that could be applied to your entire day. <laughs> To my entire also, day or to, to anyone's entire day. entire day. Yeah, right, right. You know, if you slot out two hours to do the lawn, mm-hmm. just apply that to everything. And of course, there will be interruptions, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just saying like for the, these three hours, I do this. Yeah. I don't I don't buy cat food during this time. I <laughs> I cut the grass during this time. Yeah, yeah it's something that it, it's... I think this is something that's just going to take time and I need to start going through the motions of it, but essentially it's just going to take a while. Like just having, even at the core of my mind, just being able to, you know, it's not like a switch because, you know, you, it takes, uh, it takes time to make a habit, to break a habit, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's something that needs, uh, I need to be more intentional about. Do you think there's, do you think there's physical, uh, what's the word? Stimulants triggers or triggers that are around you that cause the distractions that could be removed. Mm, Yeah. Well, I mean, not maybe to a certain degree, but I think the underlying, the underlying issue, I would say, is mostly uh, in my mind. Uh, you know, I may have like uh, music playing in the background or whatever. That's not really like. Uh, I don't think that's distracting me. I guess I could try like not having anything or like putting in. Uh, <laughs> I have some. Uh, what what are they? Um, like earplugs. and just like shove earplugs in so there's like even if you know somebody's home or there's like construction going on outside i'm just completely you know isolated sound wise and uh like visually or whatever i mean for the most part it's go ahead (laughs) i was gonna say i'd probably start by trying to inventory what you're being distracted by and maybe you have an idea but to concretely like put that on paper somewhere or maybe not on paper in a spreadsheet somewhere. <laughs> but because um, to me, at least it, it doesn't seem like, well, I mean, the sound might be the thing, but, but it seems like you could go down a rabbit trail of, well, maybe it's this sound that's causing a problem or maybe it's the wall that's causing a problem or, you know what I mean? Without, without first identifying like what it is that you're getting sidetracked on. Like, is it cat food? Is it grocery lists? Is it, you know, ideas that you have for to do after work? Maybe mm-hmm. that's a maybe that's just, I could have asked that question first. But um, what types of things are they that distract you? Well, yeah, you know, and that's the thing. Like, what thoughts are they? You know, 
maybe first I need to like, when, like I need, and that's part of being present. <laughs> it's like, right. That I right. struggle with is got like figure when out when that comes yeah. into my head, like write it down. Right. <laughs> right. But you have to be aware enough to know that it <laughs> is a distraction. And now you got to write it down. That's another distraction. And the struggles yeah, I, I of that. becoming self-aware. Yeah. I get that for sure. <laughs> and also, are you subconsciously creating the distractions because you be. want to be distracted? That could be it. I know. I do, tough one, I, I do that all the time. It's like, <laughs> you know, th- those dishes are just something I'm doing because I want to put off and procrastinate doing something that's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny that I do the dishes instead of. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to do the dishes. I mean, come on. <laughs> Who doesn't want like a clean kitchen? The dishes are my choice of being distracted. It's very meditative, I think. Nobody will shame you here. <laughs> I think it's good, yeah. I I appreciate the, the input that you guys gave, and I've written some things down. And uh, I think, like I mentioned earlier, even by just vocalizing this, putting it into words, has really helped, you know, half of the issue there you go marshall the quote yeah right (laughs) so yeah awesome good stuff well what are we going to try to work on this week i forgot there was a whole other part to this (laughs) (laughs) um okay so i am going to try to release a novel on halloween Nice. nice next saturday yes that's it Sweet. So if the launch and everything else fails, hopefully I'll at least hit publish and it'll be out there. <laughs> I mean, I already know the launch is going to fail. Let's say if I don't go through the actual steps that I think I'm going to go through. <laughs> Will that be like before or after we record? You're going to do it like at midnight? Is, is it going to be? Oh, that's, I see what you're saying. Uh, sometime that day. <laughs> In in my ideal version of this, yes, it would be before we record. <laughs> Should give us some interesting topics. Yeah, is it'll there be like a-, a way for your wife to publish it if you don't go through with it? Like she has the backup codes. <laughs> I I was really not wanting to say that I was going to publish it because I didn't want to commit to doing it. And I felt that resistance because I think it is a little bit of a stretch because I'm not. It's not like it's all laid out and ready and I'm like, all right, all I have to do is hit the go button and everything dominoes through. Mm-hmm. I still have a, a, a decent amount of work to, to do to make that happen. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, let's, let's do it. I'm going to say it's, it's going to be out there. It's where you can put your mow time towards, right? Mow time? Your, your mowing time. Oh, mowing time. <laughs> You can put that no. towards. <laughs> I, you know, it's so weird because during the summer when I'm mowing, I'm like, how do I have time to do this? And in the winter, I'm like, what happened to my mowing time? How do I have time to mow? How, how did it ever get cut? <laughs> right, so. I'm just going to work on, I'm going to try to go a week without giving advice to people, especially when they didn't ask for it or injecting my opinions when no one asked for them i will wow so you've broadened it to opinions now too 
Yeah, are you going to do a podcast now or what? In, <laughs> like <laughs> including opinions that aren't advice, like just like what you like and what you. I was thinking more or, about um, opinions that like, teeter on advice. Okay, like should and should not yes. type of, like yes. opinions as opposed to, I think this is a great whatever. Oh player. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, okay. no. If okay. I if I like a song, I'll I'll, I'll express that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I can't really hold you accountable too well other than just say, how did it go? You know, it's not like I'm like living with you and hearing you say these things, but I, it helps me have a concrete idea of what you're not. Yeah. Now do. that you say that I should pick things that are more concrete so I can like actually show evidence of doing it. These are, uh, we're just going to count I'll on you being self-conscious week. enough to be able to catch yourself when you're, when you're advising. <laughs> It's yeah. a tough. That, I, I, I should, be super I should tough. start I, picking things that are more tangible, so I can show you guys the results. Yeah. It's gonna be super tough, Bryce. It would be for me, let's say. <laughs> it's tough for all men, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, mine not the strongest finish, but <laughs> or the <laughs> the most interesting. But I'm gonna work on raising my credit score. That's about as that? tangible as it gets. I was gonna say, what does work on mean, though? Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on that a little so, bit. Like, what I. Is it going to be higher next week? Yeah. Like, it, oh yeah, that's well, what I that's what I was expecting. Can like, you check it? Needs it? To be like, three, I don't even it needs know. to be five points higher. I don't, yeah, know, like, I don't know if it can go up five points in a week, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't. What know. I'm going to do is uh, <laughs> at least take the steps by like paying off a loan, making sure my payments are on okay. time, stuff like that that can actually um, positively affect it. So yeah. We could Simple. we could save this topic for next time, but uh, <laughs> I'm having a change of heart on credit cards. You know, I used to be super gung ho about Uh-oh. travel hacking and credit card points and all that. Mm-hmm. We should talk about that. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll save that. I should talk but about I, my credit card mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> did Sam Ovens convince you? Uh, yes, he nice. did. <laughs> about Legit. the the simplicity is more important than the points. I, so does he have one credit card? Well, yeah, we he doesn't even one. have a credit card for his business. <laughs> he doesn't have a bank. He just has like he, a wad of cash. No, he just has the business bank account and the personal bank account. Okay. Or that, that I don't know what his personal situation is. I'm not sure if he said that, but he re- that's what he recommended was just having a checking account for your business. So then you can see all of the, you can see the final number very clearly mm-hmm. instead of trying to balance four different accounts and all of that just to get points. Anyway, I I brought that up because I closed two of our credit cards or three of our credit cards. And then I was expecting my credit score to go down because I heard your credit score goes down after you close accounts. Right. But it actually went up like seven points or something. There you go. Yep. That's how you do it. (laughs) We'll compare credit scores. That's not it. That's not advice. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not advice. I uh, I picked out the quote, David. Do you want to read it? Since you've got the better voice than me. Yeah. (laughs) As I clear my throat, if you seek complex solutions to complex questions, you'll end up chasing complexity your whole life. On the other hand, if you can decide to seek simple answers to complex questions you will find good, simple answers and spend your life taking action. Gary Keller. Not quite as succinct as Marshall's favorite quote. (laughs) 
worth pondering. Nice. Good chatting with you fellas. Too. Always good. Hey guys, David here. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen in. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. If you have a question or comment for us, give us a call at 502-632-3179. That's 502-632-3179. See you next week.